the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The El Conservador Radio Show is sponsored by Border Hawk News on 9.30 a.m. The Answer. Time for the El Conservador Radio Show with George Rodriguez. George is a constitutional conservative who loves to expose fake news and liberals. Be a part of the show. Call 210-308-8867. And now, El Conservador. George Rodriguez. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you on KLUP 930 AM radio. The answer on this beautiful Saturday, May 15th, 2021. We've got a little bit of rain out there today. Um, so everybody, please be careful in their driving. Uh, I understand it's supposed to get worse later today. Uh, we've got we've been having a lot of rain lately. Uh, we had a drought going on pretty bad here, but it uh, looks like it's but it's gone. Uh, at any rate, let me uh, tell you about uh, what's going on with our show today. We've got four excellent guests, my friends. Uh, our first two guests are Mr. Ray Zavadil and Kelly Perry, who are citizens living through this border crisis. They've got stories to tell about what is what is happening in their community. And, uh, you know, you'll want to hear firsthand what is happening in their community, my friends. Uh, Ray Zavadil is in Atascosa County, Pleasanton, Texas, here just south of San Antonio. Kelly Perry is in Kenny County, uh, a little further west of us uh, on the border. But uh, both of them have some very, very interesting stories to tell uh, regarding what's happening in their community. Secondly, uh, we've got uh, two very, very uh, involved gentlemen, uh, Mr. Mark Morgan, who was the former under the Trump administration, the former Customs and Border Protection Commissioner. He is now with FAIR, and Mark pulls no punches. He is going to tell you exactly why we've got this this doggone crisis. Then we've got uh, Sheriff uh, Richard Mack, uh, former Sheriff Richard Mack from Arizona. Uh, Richard is a good friend of mine, and he is uh, very, very involved with the constitutional uh, Sheriffs and Peace Officers Association. In fact, he's the president of it. He's going to be chatting about uh, the situation with uh, what sheriffs can do, particularly in a time period when uh, major communities want to defund police. So without further ado, my friends, let's go to our first guest, Mr. Ray Zabadil. Welcome to the show, my friends. Call your, call your buddies and tell them to join us. George Rodriguez, El Conservador, on KLUP 930 AM Radio, The Answer. Howdy, 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 once again, my friends. George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you on KLUP 930 AM Radio. And uh, we've got a new uh, guest with us. Uh, I reached out to this gentleman because there is uh, the, the border crisis is taking a toll on the smaller communities in uh, South Texas. Uh, and I'm sure that it's going to take its toll on other smaller communities throughout the country. But right now, uh, these the citizens of, of some of these smaller communities are watching as uh, they uh, as their hotels and motels are being uh, taken over uh, by the uh, Biden administration to house illegal aliens that are not being deported. And uh, I wanted to reach out to this gentleman. Uh, his name is Ray Zavadil, and Ray uh, is a typical patriot Texan citizen uh, in the in Atascosa County, which is just south of San Antonio, in Atascosa County. It's a rural community in the small community of uh, Pleasanton. So uh, we want I wanted to hear from him what uh, he's got a protest going on, and we want to know why, and uh, I want him to tell us what's going on. Ray, thank you for taking time. Welcome to the show. What is going on in your community? Well, it's a nightmare down here, sir. We've uh, we, we've got some hotels here that have kicked out all the oil field workers uh, that were housing. You know, the, 
the oil industry is real big down here in Atascosa County. You know, so it's mainly ranchers and farmers and oil well. That's you know oil service. That's that, that that's a livelihood down here. Under the the new administration, with the loosening up of and opening of the border, uh, it, it spread so far now that we've got people not only still out of work from the COVID lockdown, which our, our county has loosened all restrictions on, and we're trying to open up back down here and get back to normal. And then we have this new administration that's decided to to invade this country with with illegal aliens. And, and I want to make something clear before I go any further. You know, when I, when I say illegal aliens, I know a lot of people have a problem with that, and they immediately think that I'm talking about the Hispanic community, and, and, and I'm not. I've got a lot of Hispanic... Uh, Hispanic American friends, you know, when, when when I speak as far as an illegal, I'm talking about anyone in, enters this country in the sovereignty of our border against our laws that are currently on the books and enforceable. To me, that makes them a, cre- a criminal illegal. And that is from any country. That's from Central South America. That's from Europe. That's from Eastern Europe. That's from the Middle East. That's from Persia. That's from Arabia. That's from England. I mean, if they aren't U.S. citizens and haven't gone through the the proper channels, I call them illegal aliens and and don't use this politically correct term of of, uh, immigrants and migrants and, and, uh, and asylum seekers because... They violated the law on all three of those ca- those categories. You know, un- under our law, if you're seeking asylum by U.S. law, you're supposed to stop in a friendly company, company neighboring the United States and approach either a consulate or an embassy, and you file for asylum. With us here in Texas, that would be Mexico if you're coming in from the southern border. Um, these people are refusing to do that. They are skipping the system that we have set up. And don't get me wrong, I'm also a staunch supporter for for us fixing our immigration system. Uh, we need reform bad. To not make it cost them so much money, not, not make them wait a minimum of six years to, to be heard by, by an administrative judge. We need to fix that problem. It'll, it'll take care of a lot of the other issues. But these people have decided, for whatever their reason, to violate our law and cross our borders. Not only are they violating the law there, but they're violating how they're doing it. We've got ranchers down along the border that are spending every bit of money they have in repairs for fences and gates and water lines going out to livestock tanks because these people are cutting their water lines to fill up water jugs and then flowing all their well water out on the ground and having it soak back up and can't, and can't take care of the livestock. You know, I, I, we, we, we've gotten real close with another organization out here that uh, along the border, Warriors for Ranchers, and they're seeing it every single day. Well, these ranchers are, are spending $10,000 a mile to repair fences, and that's coming out of the ranchers' pockets. Now let me ask You're you. This. Yeah, yeah, yes, sir. Go ahead. Let me ask you this because we've been hearing from uh, from uh, uh, ranchers in Kenny County and in Hudspeth County, which are right on the on the border. Atascosa County, where you live, is not on the border. How far away are you from the border? And you're still being in, uh, affected. We're roughly two hours from the border. And, it's, um, and you're still being well, affected, sir. And you're and you're still being affected by the by the crisis, right? Absolutely, and that's what I was leading into is, is I've, I've established a protest that I'm sure we'll talk about here in just a second. And uh, as I've been sitting out here at this protest, I've had ranchers from here in our county, in Atascosa County, that have come to me and said, we've got the fence damages and, and trash being left around on our ranches as well from these illegals that are making their track further into the United States. Right. Uh, for most of the folks coming through here, they're, they're targeting the Houston area. Um, so so our ranchers here in Atascosa County are being affected as well. We've got to put a stop to this. You know, they're... Yeah, but, and, but and tell, us, not, tell us about sure, your protest. Tell us about sorry, why you're, yeah. you're protesting. Tell us what, what why you're protesting. Absolutely. We not, I, I founded... Uh, uh, a group here in Atascosa County, and uh, we're the, te- the 
Patriots, and it's, it's folks, myself and other folks, that are just sick of everything that's going on. So as we started dwelling deeper into this thing, we were informed that we had multiple hotels here that had been contracted under the Biden administration through ICE to house these illegals. Um, as I had mentioned earlier, a lot of our, our income down here is, is oil service. These hotels were mainly getting by on the oil workers that were having to live in these hotels to do their job and support their American families. Some of these folks actually had their families staying with them because they're here on long-term contracts, six months to a year. And, you know, and, and we're, not, we're not just guessing on these. These aren't figures we're just pulling out of the air. You know, since we've been doing this here, we've actually talked to people inside these hotels, and they're giving us firsthand information on exactly what's going on. You know, there was one lady here that, that, that works in one of these hotels we're going to talk about that is, is just distraught. She's, she's very emotional about this because she became very good friends with these families. You know, they had been there for, for almost a year living on her property. As of the seventh of this month, she had to kick them out on the street to include their American kids. Those kids are enrolled in our local schools here. They went to school that morning, normal day of a young kid going to elementary, junior high, or high school, thinking everything's okay. They're going to get out of school that day and find out they don't have a home because mom and dad are out there not only trying to make a living. But they're having to find a new roof over their head, a new bed to sleep in. You know, everybody's wanting to talk about all these illegals coming over the border here and that we need to help them out and, you know, they can't be on the street and they need to be taken care of. Well, you know what? Us as Texans and Americans need to be taken care of as well. And when it gets to the point that, that we're kicking out Americans that live in these hotels and are because they're trying to support their family and make a living so that we can house these illegals, Enough is enough. We've had it. That's incredible. Now we 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 were informed that there are two hotels here in our in our town or in our area. When I say our town, I'm talking about Pleasanton and Jordanton. The two small country towns here that their city them is literally put up next to each other. You leave one, you go right into the other, and they're in the center of Atascosa County here. You know, we got a model here in, in Pleasanton, and it's the home of the cowboy. We got we got very long history here of cowboys and, and good hardworking men and women in this town, and we've continued that all these years. So if, you know you you're not going to find a more red blooded Texan than, than what you find in, in Atascosa County. Yeah. And it's time that we stood up. We're not gonna, we're not going to just sit back and take it and take it and take it. Let me. Uh, we need to. We need to cl- to close out uh, to conclude our our interview here uh, pretty soon. Okay. Uh, let me ask you just real quick: if you have something to tell the American people, what is it that you would tell them? If I was going to tell the American people right now, I, I would ask them to come down closer to Texas and take a look what's going on in our communities. To all those that are as patriotic as I am, and I know there's a bunch of them, they're 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 scared to to get their face out there and have their name known. They they don't because they don't want to be retaliated against, and I understand that 100. percent But I want to tell the American people right now: if we do not stand up and draw a line and hold that line, we're going to lose not only the state of Texas. Well, we're going to lose the United States of America. You got it, buddy. We've been talking with uh, with uh, citizen patriot uh, Mr. Ray Zavadil from uh, Pleasanton, Texas, from Atascosa County, Texas. Uh, Ray, thank you very much for taking time to be with us. Stay safe out there, and uh, we'll be following up uh, on on your protest and see how it uh, how it uh, progresses, how it works out. All righty. Well, I, I appreciate that, and just so everyone knows, we will be set up in front of the Micro Hotel in Pleasanton, Texas, uh, Saturday morning, starting at 10 a.m., protesting, and uh, we invite everybody to come out and, and let their voice be heard, and let and finally take a stand and put their face out there 
for the United States of America. And this is going to be on, on Saturday, May 15th. That's Saturday at 10 o'clock. Saturday, yeah, the 15th. You got it, buddy. Thank you very much. Once again, my friends, George you, Rodriguez, sir. El Conservador on KLUP 930 AM Radio, The Answer. Hi, folks. This is George Rodriguez, El Conservador. Looking for information on immigration, borders, refugee resettlement, asylum claims, nationalism, and globalism? Go to BorderHawk.News. BorderHawk.News has up-to-date information on these topics and their impact locally, nationally, and internationally. BorderHawk.News has the news that's not covered by the other media or websites. Stay informed on one of the most important issues in this country, immigration. Go to BorderHawk.News. Howdy, 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 my friends. George Rodriguez, El Conservador, on KLUP 930 AM Radio, The Answer. And uh, we've got a new guest with us, uh, Miss Kelly Perry. And Kelly is a resident of Kenny County, uh, which is a border county here in Texas. And it's one of the ones that has been suffering through this um, border crisis. And uh, I wanted to reach out to Kelly because she's been quite vocal. She's been uh, quite an activist uh, in her county and uh, actually in the state now. But I wanted to ask her about what it is that uh, has changed in her life in her county, uh, in her property. What is it, Kelly, that has changed uh, that's made you so much of an activist in this issue? Welcome to the show. Talk to us. I don't think people that don't live here have any idea what it's really like living down here. Um, you know, Kenny County is a, well, Kenny County and then Brackettville itself is a very small town. Kids played outside. Uh, they rode their bicycles. They played up and down the street. None of that is here anymore. There is nothing like that here. Uh, kids don't let people, I mean, people don't let the kids outside. They lock their cars because somebody might be sleeping in their cars. During the day, we left our doors open. No more do we have doors open. People are selling their ranches. People do not have uh, businesses here as far as hunting goes. That's, that's fading out. People are not going to come and hang out here to hunt animals. Um, I, you know, I, I was really taken back when I heard that um, Governor Abbott had sent a letter, a form letter, to all the counties asking for how much the illegals had cost them. And when you look at it, it's, you, you can't put a price on that. It, there's not there. Residents here live in constant fear. I live in a subdivision right here in town, and yesterday afternoon there was a group of them here, um, probably football field from my house, and um, it all went out on text messages to everybody, please be careful, and security was running around making sure that everybody had their guns with them, and now when, when a cart. Yeah, when you, when you say a group of them, you're talking about illegal aliens, correct? Illegal aliens, a group of eight were coming through our subdivision. Wow. And, um, and, and you know, this didn't happen normally before, did it? It didn't. Um, we've had them come down to the pool when the kids are swimming. Um, if you live outside of town, it's nothing for Border Patrol to drive in and say, I need y'all to all get out of y'all's pool and go into the house and lock the doors. Wow. It's a, it's a constant fear. I, I have friends who are retiring. They recently sold their business. They're not retiring here. Really? Going up. Yeah, they're going up to uh, Kerrville. Everything is changing. I've had, I've had uh, uh, people that live here. These these uh, older ladies out on the ranches. They're they're moving in. Now, they're not going to stay out there. Now, have there been uh, have these illegal aliens? Because I mean, I remember, you know, having grown up uh, in San Antonio and in Laredo. Um, you know, that, that uh, it used to be that they would run away. But my understanding is that they're becoming more and more aggressive. Is that true? Very aggressive. Uh, people get out to open their gates and they run, run out and jump in the bed of your truck. 
And, you know, you tell them to get out, they don't get out. You tell them you have a gun, they don't care. They want you to call Border Patrol for them. Wow. They want them to come get you. And, you know, if it's dark and you're standing there opening your gate and somebody runs up, you know, you're not going to do that many more times. It would have scared anybody, especially these women out there trying to just live what was normal before now is 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 scary and unsafe and um i feel like i live in the wild west has there been have have there been any incidents of people getting hurt so far either illegal aliens or or residents citizens there are stories um there's stories all the time about you know, they put the numbers out where if illegals were hurt, you don't see a lot of stuff on if ranchers were hurt. Um, a lot of times, it's just, a lot of times it's fear. It really is, where a family is uh, sitting at their dinner table and a group of illegals are banging on the window. Wow. So, of course, they get up and they go and lock themselves in somewhere and call the sheriff or call the Border Patrol, and they come and get them. Um, those people have moved into town. So, and then I don't know how long we'll have, because, you know, where we live out here, this is a retirement community also. But, um, you know, here in our subdivision, you know, last week the kids were outside playing in a group of trees right here behind someone's home, and they came running in because there was, all, there was backpacks and clothes underneath the trees. Mm-hmm. Right, you know, right I'm talking right outside where the kids normally would have played and okay. um, changed so them. The kids came running in because they found the back- came running in. Yeah, because they found the backpacks that belonged to yes. illegal aliens. Uh-huh. Wow. Exactly. Is, uh, uh, so let me ask you what I ask other people. Uh, you've seen this change happen. What do you attribute the change to? What do you attribute all this chaos to? You know, it's the invite by our president right now to please come this way. You know, there's there's a there's a wonderful place here waiting for you. And people don't understand, but if you can come through a port, you're going to go through a port. If you're walking across the river and coming through a county like ours, those are most of the bad people that are not going to be able to go through processing. Hmm. There's there's something that they've done. Um, somebody that's with them is done. They've got coyotes waiting. It's not a normal process. They don't just get to go through processing and then get on a bus and get sent someplace else. Most people coming through the river and, you know, backpacking, what, 200 miles, they're, they don't want to be caught. They, they want to get through here without being caught. So do you, uh, I mean, uh, if there is an incident... Uh, obviously, you know, a, a Brackettville, the little community of Brackettville, doesn't have a police department. You've got to depend on the sheriff. And uh, how many how many deputies does the sheriff have? I believe he has four. Wow. And how big is the county? Well, it is, we have 16 miles, I know, on the river. Mm-hmm. I believe they said it was 1,800 acres or 18. You know, I'm wrong, so I should not even say it. But is the county large? It is very large, and our biggest problem right now is our EMS service is always out taking care of illegals. Wow. Well. Always. There, there, we've already had one death. Whether you can say they would have passed away or not, it's, you know, how do you say? But EMS could not come to the aid of the citizens because we just have one. I mean, we're a small county here, and they were out on the run, you know, with our uh, Border Patrol and Sheriff. Gotcha. Let's uh, let's close here. And um, uh, can you tell us if you had something to tell the residents of the United States, the citizens of the United States, what would you tell them? They're going to have to reach for their own knowledge. Um, it's not it's not being put out there. People in the states up north they just think these are little stories going on down here. This is a way of life. This, we we are contributing to the business of the cartel. Our country, the United States, is contributing to their business, to human trafficking, to the enslavement of people coming in from other countries. By not stopping it, we're helping make it possible. Wow. 
Well, uh, you know, I, we uh, we wish you the best safety. We hope that you will be safe, and and um, we certainly will will be involved. Uh, I understand that you're planning an event sometime soon. We sure are. Uh, May twenty second. Um, in fact, uh, you will be one of the speakers at the rally um, earlier in the day from ten to three. We are having a law enforcement conference. And um, some really great speakers, one of them is Jason Jones, and we're going to be discussing with a lot of um, law enforcement that are going to be taking things into their own hands because, as everyone knows, we've asked for help and no one has come. Uh, At 4 o'clock in the afternoon from 4 to 6, we'll have a border crisis uh, rally, Um, different speakers letting people know really what's going on what they can do, and what others are trying to do to help us. Wow. Well, we, uh, we wish you the best, and uh, we will certainly keep, uh, keep you in our prayers, and uh, we'll reach out to follow up and see how things are progressing or not uh, in, in, in Kenny County and with you. Thanks okay. for being with us. Thank you so much, George. Thank you. Take care. Once again, we've been speaking with uh, our good friend, Ms. Kelly Perry, from the uh, a resident in Kenny County. This is George Rodriguez, El Conservador, on KLUP 930 AM Radio, The Answer. Okay, folks, welcome back to the show. You've heard uh, from two residents, Ray Zavadil and Kelly Perry, regarding the heroin experiencing experiences that they are going through, the uh, problems that are being created in their communities by uh, the Biden administration not uh, not wanting to deport people from uh, uh, that are illegally in- entering the United States. On the contrary, they're housing them, they're taking care of them, they're ignoring them. They're not. Uh, I mean, uh, the law is not being enforced, my friends. Our border is not being protected. Uh, so now we're going to hear from two gentlemen who are very, very involved in the law enforcement aspect of it. Uh, first of all, Mr. Mark Morgan, who is the former uh, Commissioner for Customs and Border Protection under the Trump administration. Boy, he's got an earful for you. And then we've got uh, Sheriff Richard Mack, uh, from, uh, former Sheriff Mitch Richard Mack from uh, Arizona. And uh, Richard is uh, really, I mean, he's... He has been very, very involved through uh, by being president of an organization called the Constitutional Sheriffs and Peace Officers Association. They are being very, very vocal, my friends, as far as what sheriffs need to do to step up uh, to protect the citizens and to protect the Constitution. Because uh, it's very, very obvious that um, you know we've got uh, we've got Democrats that want to defund police. They want to abolish ICE. They want to abolish the border patrol. They want to open the borders. Well, how do we? How the heck are we going to protect our citizens? Well, he'll give you. He'll give you his opinion, Sheriff Richard Mack from uh, the Constitutional Peace of- Constitutional Sheriff and Peace Officers uh, Association. So, without further ado, let's go to our second half, my friends. Thank you for being with us. Call your friends and tell them to join us. George Rodriguez, El Conservador, on KLUP nine thirty AM Radio. The answer. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you on KLUP 930 AM radio. The answer here in beautiful San Antonio. And we've got uh, our good friend, Mark Morgan, the former commissioner for Customs and Border Protection in the in the uh, Trump administration. I keep saying Reagan for some reason, maybe because that's where I was (laughs) at any rate. uh, He is now uh, a senior fellow over at FAIR the Federation for American Immigration Reform. And uh, I wanted to get him on because he predicted some stuff on our show that is happening now. Mark, welcome to the show. Let me ask you, tell us tell us about this situation of the all-time low of depo- deportations by ICE. I mean, it's hard to believe that that is happening, but apparently there is an all-time low of deportations. I think for me, what is frustrating and hard to believe is that this country, this administration, actually enacted policies that that made this happen. And as soon as the Biden administration took over on day one with the stroke of a political pen, with everything that they were dismantling that 
signed the memo early on restricting ISIS and terror enforcement by over 90%, meaning you basically had to be a known terrorist or a convicted aggravated felon to be lawfully deported, even though you remained here in the United States illegally. And, and now people are shocked that, that we're seeing the lowest number of, of monthly deportations uh, in, in ISIS history. No, we, we, we knew this was happening. We predicted it. Like you said, you and I simply talked about it on your show. So, and this goes right to the heart of what we've been saying as well, is that, look, on the front end, we're creating welcoming incentives. We're incentivizing, encouraging, facilitating illegal entry into our country as fast as possible. And on the back end, we've created a sanctuary country. And the April numbers for ICE absolutely shows that. That's amazing. I mean, the number of, uh, of uh, interactions or, or uh, the people that have been caught uh, is, is an, an outrageous number. Not to mention the number of people that are walking in and asking for asylum, and then on top of that, we're not deporting anybody. I, I, you know, I, I don't know what what they are what they are thinking, other than they want to destroy uh, the uh, immigration process, the legal immigration process. That, that's exactly right. And you, you mentioned some of your, your listeners need to pay attention to, with all due respect, is so it's not just the back end that, that again. Uh, all-time record low monthly deportation for ICE, meaning people that are here illegally are staying here illegally, but it's also on the front end. Look, we, we, we saw in March uh, a historic highs, you know, 172,000, the highest we've seen 15, 20 years. Well, uh, April, they're, they're going to release April numbers any day. It, I'm, I'm predicting it's going to be higher than March. So we've had two months back-to-back, historic highs, 15, 20 years of the number of people illegally entering the country, while at the same time, we have record low deportations. If that's not a crisis, if that doesn't clearly show that our borders are open, if that doesn't show that the message to the human smugglers and the migrants themselves are crystal clear, meaning you get to our border, you're going to be not only released into the United States, but then you're going to uh, be protected from lawful deportation. And here's nothing real quick that's going on, specifically with unaccompanied minors. Look, George, it's a shell game. Just the other day, because now they have they've cleared out, supposedly, border patrol facilities. Well, well, what they need to understand is is they literally, like in Donna, Texas, they, they took the UHCs and moved them from border patrol cities, literally like a hundred yards across the street, to another HHS facility where they're housing 14 to 17-year-olds, a facility that cost taxpayers $800 million. And they said, we've got it under control. No, nope, they're doing exactly as we thought. It's a shell game. They're just moving the, the, the palm pieces around and claiming victory. Yep, that's, that's true. Now... Let me ask you about about another issue because um, uh, it, it you know what uh, what we're hearing is that Mexican officials as well as Central American officials are frustrated with the Biden administration over their immigration response. How can that be? What is that all about? Look, it's it, again well, predictable uh, and, and not surprising. Illegal immigration does not just impact the United States. It impacts every single country that touches it. And and when we're talking about the, the majority of the illegal Im- immigrants that we see, the majority, Central American and Mexico, the, these countries, look, under the Trump administration, the fact is this is a non-political statement. We came together to address it as a regional crisis it is. I'll, I'll tell you the reason why Central American countries are frustrated. Unaccompanied minors. I've been down there, George. I talked to my counterparts and leaders of those countries, and they said, hey, can you do us a favor? Can you stop keeping our kids? Will you stop keeping the future of our country? Our law says, no, nope, we, we got to keep them. The administration right now is keeping them. The government of Mexico, look, as the migrants go through, it just empowers the cartels. That Mexico is also uh, has a negative uh, impact because of illegal immigration, just like the United States. It's in everybody's best interest to come together to actually address the illegal immigration. Instead, this administration laws and policies right now are actually encouraging it and facilitating it. Wow. You know, the, um, uh, the Biden administration um, Homeland Security Secretary was down here uh, this past week. Uh, Mallorca's, but we didn't hear or see anything change or anything of, you know, that uh, that would even indicate that there is a an effort to stem this crisis. George, if, if, if your listeners pay attention to anything that, that we talk about, that's the most important thing because that is their strategy, that's their design. If you look at it, nothing that they have done, nothing that they have said 
is doing anything to stop or prevent the illegal immigration we're experiencing on the south, southwest border. Their policy, their goal, their ideology, their agenda, their strategy is to encourage, incentivize, and facilitate and getting better at releasing individuals in the United States and then preventing them from being deported to never be heard from again. And then in a few years, open border advocates and, and uh, progressive uh, left-wing Democrats are going to call for amnesty for those individuals right now that they're facilitating entering the United States and preventing them from being lawfully deported. And then they're going to claim they should be the next round of amnesty recipients. That's their strategy. That's where, uh, because at the end of the day, they see a perceived political benefit from that. It's outrageous. It's absolutely outrageous and, dis- and, and disgusting what's going on. Anything else you'd like to add, my friend? No, I think that's good. I, I, I think, look, I, I appreciate the time because, look, it, 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 seem, it feels like every other day they keep doubling down on, on, on the policies. They, they want to remove anything and everything just because they had Trump's name attached to it, even though it's, it's in, it's in the, 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 the detriment to our national economic security. Uh, for my opinion, after doing this for 35 years serving this country, uh, this is this is politics at its worst, and and I think you're absolutely right. It's disgusting. Yeah, I mean it it, it was. I I, I uh, drove down to uh, Laredo a couple of uh, days ago, and on the way back, I was run off run off the road because somebody was chasing because uh, the state troopers and the border patrol were chasing uh, a van. And uh, I mean, it, it's not just on the border; it's it's coming it's coming into into the interior. It, it, it is. That's why I say every town, city, and state is a border town, city, and state. Look, they're averaging about a thousand gotaways a day. You know, uh, illegal immigrants are getting past the border patrol. You, you, you think they're staying on the border? No, of course not. They're making their way to every major metropolitan city uh, in this entire country. And there's a good proportion of those individuals are criminal, illegal aliens. It's not the best. Uh, uh, folks uh, always uh, that are getting past the border patrol. Look, if, if you have a meth overdose in Ohio somewhere, pick the town. I guarantee you the meth came from the southwest border. As the numbers of families of uncompanied migrants increase, border patrol agents are pulled off the line to provide the immediate humanitarian assistance they need, leaving large areas of the border unsecured, unmonitored, so more drugs can uh, get past. Look, this this impacts every element of our national economic security, uh, and this directly lies at the hands of this administration. Wow. Yeah, I mean, geez, uh, you, you put it you put it so well and eloquently. I mean, it, it, there it is. It's it, that, that those are the facts. Uh, Mark, thank you very, very much for taking time to be with us today. I really, really appreciate it. Uh, folks, we've been talking with uh, former commissioner for Customs and Border Protection, uh, Mark uh, Morgan. Mark, thank you very, very much. George, anytime you uh, call, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll answer. You got it. Thank you very much. Hi, folks. This is George Rodriguez, El Conservador. Looking for information on immigration, borders, refugee resettlement, asylum claims, nationalism, and globalism? Go to BorderHawk.News. BorderHawk.News has up-to-date information on these topics and their impact locally, nationally, and internationally. BorderHawk.News has the news that's not covered by the other media or websites. Stay informed on one of the most important issues in this country, immigration. Go to BorderHawk.News. Dot news. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you on KLUP, 9.30 a.m. radio, The Answer. And we've got uh, my good buddy Richard Mack, former sheriff uh, in Arizona. Uh, and Sheriff Mack is... Uh, uh, I wanted to reach out to him because we've got a one-two punch going on. Uh, on one hand, we've got an open border. We've got uh, folks dealing with car chases and criminals and uh, d- destruction of property, et cetera, et cetera, that's spreading. Not to mention uh, today, San Antonio, the DEA announced that San Antonio is a hub for, for uh, meth distribution. Um, but at the same time, and here in San Antonio again, we've had the situation where there was a, a uh, petition to defund the police. Municipalities across the country are defunding police office, police departments. So it's the one-two punch. So I wanted to ask Richard. Richard, welcome to the show. Let me ask you, what is the role of sheriffs, or what can be should be the role of sheriffs in a time when we've got uh, this kind of a situation, defunding the police, but we've got a wide-open border? 
Well, if they if they were trying to move back to uh, having the sheriffs of this country be the uh, chief law enforcement officer for the entire county, and they were going to defund city police departments and just have the sheriff's office take over the policing of all the uh, territory within, let's say, Bear County, which in, obviously includes San Antonio, uh, I'd be in favor of that. Not that I'm demeaning police departments in any way, but we don't need five or six, seven, 20 different police agencies in every county, which is about what you have in the San Antonio area. Correct. Uh, if you look throughout the entire county. Um, the sheriff is answerable to the people. Uh, he's not he's, he's not a bureaucrat. Uh, and he, the, what really makes us a constitutional republic is that the people choose our representatives in law enforcement and in politics and city councils and county commissions and so forth. We really didn't need going to uh, city police departments in the first place. However, that is not the case, and that's not what they're talking about here. And you, you, you have to ask these people that want to defund San Antonio Police Department or any of the police departments they're trying to get rid of in, in the country, just what do you plan to do if you have an emergency and you need a police officer there? Even Let's just, let's just take traffic accidents. If, if you're involved in a very serious traffic accident with personal injury, what are you going to do? Uh, who's going to come move the vehicles out of the road for you? Who's going to come and investigate this for you? Who's going to call the uh, ambulance for you? And let's say, so you're going to keep ambulances and you're going to keep fire departments? Why would you keep any emergency personnel if you're going to get rid of the police who are there actually to investigate the whole thing? The uh, paramedics are not going to investigate it for you. Uh, they're not going to determine if somebody needs to be arrested who is drunk driving. Uh, and you're going to be completely on your own to handle that with uh, a drunk driver at the scene? Why would you put yourself in that position without having some sort of backup called a police officer? And then if somebody breaks into your home, what do you intend to do? Uh, most of the people who want to defund police departments don't believe in the Second Amendment. Are you going to arm yourself and protect yourself and your family from an armed intruder? What are you going to do there? Uh, so it just doesn't seem to be well thought out. It seems to be complete anarchy and uh, complete chaos. Uh, I will be the first one to admit that the police in this country need to be trained uh, differently. They need to be trained in the fundamentals of, um, of American idealism and how we actually and literally protect people's rights. That is missing in our police departments in this country. And that's poor leadership that has created that vacuum in America that has caused that to happen. Uh, but for God's sakes, uh, the police provide a tremendous service to uh, every community in this country. And for people to think that we can just get rid of them and go about our business and we're going to be happier and freer uh, is absolutely absurd. Because that vacuum will be filled with criminal activity. And that's what we're already seeing across this country because of the demeaning uh, rhetoric that is going out towards police. And look at, just in the last year, the high rise of violent crime in our major cities in this country. It is horrifying. Let me, let me ask you, Richard, about the issue. Uh, a lot of people really don't understand the constitutional relationship between uh, sheriffs and the people. What is what is the the basis of the constitutional uh, the constitutionality of, of a sheriff? Well, he he doesn't have another boss. He has no other supervisor. The the, the president of the United States can't tell the sheriff what to do. He, the county commissioners are not his boss. He works out a budget with the county commissioners, but they can't tell him how to do his job. They can't tell him what to do. The county attorney. The district attorney cannot tell the sheriff what to do. He is so independent that uh, that's another reason why uh, politicians want to get rid of the sheriffs or, or make them appointed, because they answer only to the people. The people of Bear County are the only supervisor and boss that the sheriff has. And th that's the way it should be. 
We the people are the main power source in this country. First three words of the Constitution, we the people. That is so unique. No other government has that anywhere in the world. The people are in charge. We choose our representatives. And that's what makes us a constitutional republic, is that the people choose, and we have a rule book that the sheriffs have sworn an oath to stay within, and that's the United States Constitution. That is how America is supposed to be. That is what makes us different. And, and, and I love that part of the American dream. Now, let me ask you a, a, another question real quick here. The, the issue of um, sheriffs where, you know, we have a lot of rural communities, a lot of rural counties, should I say, a lot of rural counties who are suffering uh, from, the, uh, from the border crisis. Um, oh, how, uh, you know, what, uh, what would you recommend to these sheriffs uh, and to the people that, um, that they serve? I mean, we're, we're looking at a situation where they're, they've got limited budgets, they're, they're in rural areas where they've got big expanses. Um, you know, it's, uh, it, you know, some of them are running out of body bags. Uh, what would you, I mean, what, uh, what message do you have for them as well as, as well as for the administration? Well, we just had a conference in the Woodlands, as you're probably aware, yes. uh, over near Houston. And, and, uh, one of the, the best parts of the whole thing was Sheriff Del Bosque, who came in from Zapata County. And, uh, he's a Democrat and, uh, he loved the conference. And his undersheriff was with him. They both loved the conference. And uh, the CSPOA is a non-political organization, and we're we're really thrilled uh, that he uh, enjoyed the conference, learned so much, and uh, he is now a friend of mine. He's invited me and my family to come to his county, and uh, we want to really take advantage of that. And I want to get to know him better, and I want to see how we could back him up better. What he's doing. But there were several border sheriffs at our conference, and I've talked to them over the years. Right now, it's the worst uh, that they've ever had to face because uh, there is no border security. And the the drugs coming in to these counties and through the counties and the human trafficking and the sexual exploitation of children and the abandonment of these children that are coming in by themselves now, even a one-year-old baby were just with other children coming across the border. First of all, our, it seems the pro, pro, this problem is being caused by the Biden administration. Our own president is causing this uh, horrible headache, horrible catastrophe for the American people and especially for Texans. And the sheriffs are beside themselves and they don't know what to do because they don't have enough resources to do this on their own. My recommendation is that all the border sheriffs, and I'm sure they've already been doing this to an extent, uh, meet with Governor Abbott and his people and the Attorney uh, General for the State of Texas and try to get the National Guard down there uh, on the borders and get this thing under control because this problem has been caused by uh, Mr. Biden. And um, he and his staff are doing a horrible job. And if this had been Trump, they would have already tarred and feathered him. And so the hypocrisy of the left uh, keeps uh, raising its ugly head but the, these sheriffs are beside themselves, and they need uh, a lot of help and more manpower and more resources to make up and try to uh, solve a problem that President Biden has caused. You got it. I mean, I, I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, tell the folks before we go about uh, the Constitutional Sheriffs and Peace Officers Association. Well, this is an organization that's been around about 12 years. It was actually formed right there in Texas, in the Hill Country, and I lived there for about 20 months. Uh, you'll, I'm sure you remember when I was there. And so it, it's a, an organization to bring uh, solutions one sheriff at a time. We believe that we can take America back, make the federal government's tyranny uh, and abuse irrelevant, stand against abuse, stand against uh, federal crimes like the IRS and, and FBI and uh, the Biden administration, and, and create an atmosphere of peace and tranquility and constitutional propriety where protecting the liberty of every individual in that county is paramount. And that's what we're promoting, CSPOA.org. Everybody in the country can be a part of it, can become a member, 
and help us with this great work uh, to take back America one county at a time. Wow, that's that's fantastic. Uh, Sheriff Mack, thank you very, very much for being with us. Uh, we've been speaking with uh, Sheriff Richard Mack, former sheriff of Arizona, and uh, your president, I guess, of the Constitutional um, Sheriffs and Peace Officers Association, correct? Yes, I am. I'm the founder and president. Right. And thanks so much for having me. Appreciate it. You got it. it. Thank you very much. George Rodriguez, El Conservador on KLUP 930 AM Radio, The Answer. Once again, my friends, thank you for joining us today. Uh, George Rodriguez, El Conservador. And uh, we uh, appreciate your support. We certainly appreciate uh, the support of Border Hawk News. If uh, you want to know anything about immigration anywhere in the world, including here in the United States, migration of peoples across the, the, the world, across the, the, the continents, uh, Border Hawk News, my friends, they're the ones that can provide it. They, are, they have their, their, their uh, finger on the pulse of, of migrations and immigrations, uh, including illegal ones like here in the United States. Uh, so th- once again, my friends, thank you for joining us. Please continue to support us. If you're, very, if you're interested in following El Conservador, you can find me on Facebook, on Twitter, on LinkedIn, uh, on MeWe, uh, all under George Rodriguez El Conservador. You can also find me at, uh, uh, on the um, uh, website, elconservador.net. Uh, finally, my friends, please, please, please continue to support. If you're interested in in uh, having me come to your organization to speak, if you're interested in hearing firsthand accounts of uh, what is happening at the border, uh, the history of the of, of the border, how did we get to this mess? Uh, I'll be glad to. Uh, I'll be glad to come in and uh, uh, address your group. Doesn't matter how big it is or how small it is. The uh, uh, issue is is extremely important, my friends. We are losing our nation if we're not careful. So, once again, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you on KLUP 930 AM radio, my friends. The answer. Thank you very much for being with us. Join us again next week. (music) 